0: Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society, a podcast dedicated to suspense, crime, and horror stories from the golden age of radio.
1: I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. We love mysterious old-time radio stories,
2: but do they stand the test of time? That's what we're here to find out. Today, we return to the listener library for a suggestion from our mysterious listener, Elena.
0: Elena writes, Hi Morals, thanks for your show. I'm a St. Paulite too, happy to support a local and awesome podcast and occasional live performance. Would you consider reviewing Deep, Deep is My Love from Suspense? I'd love to hear what you think. It creeps me out big time. Suspense premiered on CBS in 1942
1: and remained on the air for the next 20 years. Known for its big name stars, high production values, and sophisticated scripts. Suspense raised the bar for dramatic radio. By the early 1950s, though, Suspense began to struggle with a shrinking listenership thanks to competition from television and the departure of longtime sponsor
2: Autolite. The early 1950s brought a similar downturn to the career of Lloyd Bridges. After a decade of playing bit parts in B-movies, Bridges appeared alongside Gary Cooper and Grace Kelly in the classic 1952 western High Noon. Unfortunately, his success was short-lived. The FBI blacklisted Bridges for his connections to a theater group with alleged communist ties. Bridges eventually cleared his name, but the negative publicity hurt his career, and he was forced to start from scratch.
0: One place Bridges could get more work was radio. He appeared on suspense many times during the mid-to-late 1950s. In addition to Deep, Deep is My Love, Bridges starred in Chicken Feed, Rub Down and Out, And Pigeon in a Cage.
1: In the end, it wasn't radio work that revitalized Bridges' career. It was television. In 1958, he landed the lead role in a new series called Sea Hunt. The show was an instant hit and made Lloyd Bridges a household name. The fact that Deep Deep is My Love was an aquatic-themed episode is no coincidence. It's likely that Suspense hoped to capitalize on the popularity of Sea Hunt by casting Bridges as a deep-sea diver.
2: Deep, Deep is My Love was written by novelist Hank Searles. His novels were frequently made into films, including The Crowded Sky and The Pilgrim Project. The latter of which, filmed as Countdown, was one of director Robert Altman's earliest feature-length films and one of his most widely panned. Later in life, Searles wrote the novelizations of Jaws 2 and Jaws the Revenge.
0: And now that we've unjustly lowered your expectations, let's listen to Deep, Deep is My Love from Suspense, first broadcast April 26th, 1959. It's late at night and a chill has set in. You're alone and the only
1: light you see is coming from an antique radio. Listen to the sounds coming from the speaker, listen to the music, and listen to the voices.
3: Deep, Deep is My Love, starring Mr. Lloyd Bridges. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense.
4: A man's got a right to be alone once in a while. It isn't too much to ask. A couple of hours of solitude in the weekends poking around the sea bottom with an air tank on your back. Joyce had me the rest of the time waking and sleeping... that was all right. She was a good kid, and I loved her. But I had made one bad mistake. I taught her to skin dive. Now she even wanted to be with me underwater.
5: Darling?
4: Yes, dear? Why
5: not? Why can't I dive with you?
4: What could I tell her? That today I had to dive alone? Return alone to the deep to see if I'd gone insane? To see if the beauty below was real or as false as the colors of a kelp fish? To see if the girl was real? No, no, of course she wasn't. And yet, I had to go. And alone. I had to be sure. It's, uh... Well, there are dangerous currents out there.
5: I'm as good a skin diver as you. You said so yourself. And George is bringing some gear for me. He promised. No,
4: Joyce. Hand me my fins, will you?
5: Here. If it's too dangerous, I don't want you out there. George said you went too deep last week anyway.
4: He went just as deep as I
5: did. Looking for you... He said
4: he got a touch of narcosis. Narcosis. Raptures of the deep. Too much nitrogen in the blood at too great a depth. Any diver, even a pro, could get it below 100 feet. They say it's a kind of ecstasy. But it could be a deadly ecstasy. Luring you downward and downward. Spiraling through the swaying greens. Through the sapphire blues to the depths where all was black and white. And motionless as death. Had George at it? Had I had it? Was it this that tempted me deeper and deeper? Or was it simple escape? To a world where a man is as truly alone as the crayfish under his rock or the moray eel in his grotto.
5: What's wrong with you, Don? You've been acting funny all week. Did you have narcosis? with George right? No,
4: no, of course not. And I'm going to tell him to stop tailing me around like an anxious porpoise. I've been diving just as long as he has.
5: Good. Maybe he'll quit and you'll dive with me again. You yeah. play tennis with me. You never go skiing without me. We're together every second you're not at work, so why Joyce. can't we... Joyce. Well, I want to know. We do everything together, and now you Maybe just...
3: Maybe that's the trouble.
5: What do you mean? Hi, kids.
3: i skip it. Here he is. Oh. Hi, hi, Joyce. Hi, George. I'm sorry. I had to fill the tanks. It's okay. Brought an extra tank. some gear for you, Joyce. She isn't coming, George. Oh? Well, whatever you say, but we could keep it shallow. A lot more lobsters at 30 feet than 200. She's not coming, George.
5: Meet King Neptune. That's his world, and he doesn't want any
3: women in it. Ah. Uh, you know, Joyce, he was out of my sight in that grotto for 15 minutes last week. Maybe he's got a mermaid down there. I, uh. I was after a lobster. <laughs> what, at 200? Hey, no kidding, buddy. I'm, I'm not following you down there again. Those old nitrogen bubbles started playing tag in my brain. I could hear the angels singing loud and clear. I just about fell in love with a sand shark. What do you mean? I had it, man. Nitrogen narcosis. It's cheap drunk with no hangover unless you go all the way, and then it's so permanent. Oh, sir, it's not for me. Yeah, there's plenty of a warning. Yeah, sure, but it's such a lovely warning. Real pleasant. Pleasant. Your arms turn numb, you couldn't care less. You maybe hear voices, and you couldn't care less. The deeper you go, the deeper you want to go, and you couldn't care less. Oh, sir, make mine martinis. You might drive off a cliff going home, but at least it's quick. So let's keep it a little shallower today, huh? You tell him, Joyce. I don't care if he finds a tunnel to China. I'm going to look for seashells, if that's all right, Don. I won't get
5: my feet wet.
4: I watched her start down the beach, head up to hide a disappointment. Lovely brown body swaying as she picked her way through the rocks. I almost called her back. She liked diving. and really wasn't fair to cut her out. But something stopped me. Something calling to me from beyond the rolling surf.
3: Hey, uh, you ready, George? Yeah, just about. I think you had it too, Don. What? Narcosis. When I finally got the guts to go hunting for you, remember where I found you? The mouth of that cave with a silly look on your face. When I tried to get you to go, you looked like you were going to go for me.
4: Well, I was, uh, looking for something.
3: You ready now? Yeah.
4: Don't. Oh, for crying out loud.
3: What? Don't
4: go deep! Oh, I'm telling you, if it isn't you, it's her. Okay, Joyce! All right, let's go, huh? Oh! warm, and snorkeling on the surface, I could see that it was clear as air below, clear and green, with the giant kelp swaying, beckoning me down. But I pushed ahead to the hole off Point Dume, a bottomless deep astride the great circle course the gray whales take from Galita Point to the breeding grounds in Magdalena Bay. I had seen whales here, startling as moving reefs, suspended between surface and bottom, driven southward, always southward driven by the urge to mate. I had seen black sea bass flashing downward at the sound of a boat, and great bat rays gliding deeper than I could follow. And here I had once speared a 30-pound sheep's head. I had nightmares for weeks in remorse, because he was harmless and friendly, and I'd killed him on impulse to bring him back to Joyce. He'd sounded for the deep when I hit him, trying to lose me and retreat to some dark hole to nurse his wound as all creatures will. But the spearhead held, and I'd taken all the depth that he could find. Now he hung as a reminder in my garage. I hadn't speared a fish since. I hated lately even to drag the big bull lobsters from their holes. It was so much better just to drift along the bottom and look and wonder.
3: Hey, Tom, how far are we going?
4: I pretended that I hadn't heard. To drift? and wonder, to drift and wonder in a world of silent creatures, who ignored a man as long as he made no hostile move, as long as he left them to their holes. this was a world where a man could hide from supermarkets and freeways and movies
0: and... Hey, John, won't this do?
4: We were over the deep area now. I adjusted my face mask, put my mouthpiece in my mouth, and blew out what water was in my hose. Then I tested the free flow of air for my tank. And dove. I was back in my underwater world again. The water caressed me as I dove down 30, 40, 50 feet, heading for a spire of rock to a castle guarding the edge of the underwater canyon of Point Dumais. The water turned slowly to light blue, and the cares of the weak slipped from my back. I told myself to be content with this. The other thing down there was fantasy. At the spire, I stopped to tickle a starfish, stared into the pink eyes of a golden Garibaldi until he flicked his tail at me and swam away, joined a school of perch as they started their flight over the canyon. Then I saw it. Just like last week, I told myself that it must be a leaf of kelp far below or some golden-sided fish. But no... I caught the flash of a slim body again, girl-like, turning below, beckoning me down. Another skin diver? No, no, it was the girl. The girl who had danced in my mind all through the week. I shivered. There were no voices beneath the sea, not even from other divers. But we had talked before, for minutes, hours, an eternity, and she remembered my name. I shivered, fighting the urge to dive deeper.
5: Come,
4: on, come on with me. No, no, i better not. Come, on, come on with me. And the voice was gone. She was gone. I had to know. I dove into the canyon, searching for the flash of gold. Catching it, losing it. While my arms turned to wings and my body to water. And everything was glorious, shimmering blue. If, if I could only if I could only find her, catch her. The golden girl. The golden girl that I remembered with the lonely, laughing eyes.
3: Wait. Wait for me. Wait, wait. Wait.
4: the giant boulders, midnight blue at 200 feet, soared through a lighter blue spotlight of sun filtering through the branches of a giant kelp above. I had somewhere lost her, the golden girl, but I knew that I'd find her again, that she was only teasing. Until I did, it was ecstasy to move suspended in the liquid void, watching my air bubbles form a pearly necklace past my face mask. Amora eel, rattlesnake of the deep, flashed by and I waved to him. seem odd anymore, words on the water, and I could speak too. Where are you? Hiding.
5: <laughs> what are you laughing at? I, I
4: don't know. I just feel like laughing. Where are you?
5: Can't you see me?
4: All at once, rounding a reef, I did see her. She was sitting in a shaft of blue sunlight, and all around her towered the age-old rocks of the Dume Deep. Her body was as golden as I remembered, her face half familiar, her eyes laughing and lonely. This was no thing of the deep, no mermaid of legend. This was a woman, all mankind's woman, and in her eyes was understanding of all men. And I loved her and feared her at the same time. Who are you? Why do you stay down here? (laughs)
5: I told you, because I like
4: it. Well, aren't you lonely?
5: I like being alone. Yes,
4: yes, yes, I do too sometimes. But it seems like I never am anymore. I know. How do you know?
5: I know all about you. Hey, you don't have a mask. How do you breathe? (laughs) I'm used to it. Where do you stay? Don't you remember?
4: Faintly, I remembered a cave in the depths. A dark, warm place of song and peace. Yes, yes, I think I do. Do you want to go there? No, no, i better not.
5: We'll
4: be alone there. But I, I, I've been down so long, my tank, sir. Uh, we'll be alone there. But George there. will be worried.
5: We'll be alone. And my, my, there. my,
4: my wife. I... We'll be alone. Then she was swimming lazily through the boulders, and I was following her to a dimly remembered grotto. At last, we were close together in the dim, watery cave.
5: You're alone now, Don. You're alone.
4: I wanted suddenly to kiss her. I fumbled with my mask.
5: <laughs> if you take off your mask, you won't be able to see. You might drown.
4: Come here, come oh, here. Wait.
5: There's somebody there. What? I can hear somebody outside. We aren't alone.
4: I peered from the grotto and saw George groping through the shadows, searching. It's my buddy. What, what is he's looking for me? To do? He found me ever once before You have the
5: right to be alone I know, but what can I do? If he comes closer, you're as strong as he is Stronger You mean You know what I mean
4: I crouched in the cave, coiled like a moray eel, ready to strike if he He peered in Blocking my light And I tensed He's gone Come here Come to me She slid into my arms, pliant as kelp, light as water itself.
5: Aren't you afraid? You've been down so long. No, I don't care. I don't care. Wait. What's that? If he's back, I'll kill him. I'll kill him. No, no, it isn't he. It isn't he. Who is it? It's your wife. My wife. How could she
4: be down here? They're
5: looking for you. You've been down so long. What will I do? Do you want to go with her?
4: No, no, no. I, I want her to let me alone. Just for a little while.
5: She won't. She's even followed you here. Oh. She'll never let you be alone. What will what, I do? You know what to do. But I love her, you know. A man has a right to be alone. I'd let you alone.
4: I backed into the cave and waited. A form moved by the entrance to the grotto, and I saw in the gloom my wife's face, frowning behind a mask, peering and worried she let me alone?
5: She never let you be alone.
4: All right, all right then.
5: Don't you know? Uh, what? Who is it? Don't you know? It's Joyce. Uh, jo- but she, she, she's dead. Yes, she's dead, Don. She wouldn't let you alone, and she followed you here, and you killed oh, No, no, no. Her. It's all right. Nobody knows but me. Come on, Don. Come with me. No, no. Leave her. She's dead. Come on, Don. Follow me.
4: High above was the blessed blue light of the sky. It was an effort to breathe now, and up there was air, air and life. Here was death, still death. Freedom. Joyce lay near the mouth of the cave with her ripped air hose trickling useless bubbles, and on her face was the look of one asleep in peace. Seeing her there in the narcosis, the crazy rapture passed, and I knew that I must stay. Stay with her under the surging tides.
5: Come on
4: with me no no no
5: Don come with me come with
4: me I cradled my wife in my arms and that is how it has been for minutes for hours for an eternity and Abanita stared at us for a moment and left Cool of perch. So I will never be alone. Joyce will be with me always. I will never, never.
0: That was Deep, Deep is My Love from Suspense here on the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society podcast. Once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. Uh, Thank you, Elena. And thank you for coming to some of our shows, as you mentioned. And thank you so much for the request and for listening. All of that. I'm trying to set this up that I really like you, Elena. (laughs) She mentioned, let me start here. She says it best when she says, it creeps me out big time. Mm -hmm. Yep, me too. But that's just because I do not understand at all the fascination with mermaids. I'm assuming this is a mermaid, it was never said, it's some kind of siren, but I'm assuming it's some woman that lives underwater, I assume mermaid. Mermaids are gross. That is, I do not understand why people like mermaids. Why they're attracted to them, why you would say, yeah, I'm going to get some of that. That is half fish. I'm so attracted to that. He states
2: explicitly that this is not a mythical creature.
0: Okay. When? I didn't hear that. He describes her as a
1: golden lady.
0: Yeah. So it's not a mermaid.
1: No. It's still weird.
2: Don't get me wrong. (laughs) All
0: right. Take all that back. I love mermaids. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it's You're not know, a mermaid. No don't have is
2: pressuring you to get into mermaids. I'm just,
0: Have you considered mermaids? <laughs> people are way into mermaids. It's so weird. There's a mermaid camp in Florida where people pay money to become mermaids, and they put a thing on I'm like, why are you doing? That is weird, man. That like, is- you can go to
1: bars, and they have yep. tanks of water behind the bar. You can watch mermaids go yeah, by.
0: Yeah. No thanks. You're half a fish. <laughs> Is this r- really back to your dislike of sushi? No, I don't like. Well, that's the other thing. I like pools. I-, I love them. I love swimming. Oh. But boy, deep sea stuff is freaky to me. So
2: I'm trying to k- tease apart your response here. Are you mm. saying it was poorly written or it just pushed a lot of your personal buttons? I like, didn't say anything about mermaid, poorly written yet. sushi.
0: <laughs> I was just saying the creep me out oh, part. Okay. I am creeped out by mermaids, but it wasn't a mermaid. So I guess I wasn't creeped out. I will say this, though, on my opinion of this, it wasn't that interesting to me. But I am ready to hear why I should love this. I am. I will say the premise is
1: the basic idea of I want to do the thing, don't do the thing, I'm going to do the thing, don't do the thing, I did the thing. Right. (laughs) Um, And it succeeds or fails on execution. I thought it executed very well.
0: Yeah, it's pretty basic in a certain sense. Uh, Yeah, its it's plot is
1: very easy to follow.
0: Yeah, so I can't complain about not being able to. Although I thought it was a mermaid, now it's so we're left to try to figure out what that was. Was it nitrogen getting into his blood or not? Right?
2: Yeah, I think that's the big question at the end. Was this all in his head, or was there something there? It would have been
0: nice if later than the woman showed up at their house. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you'd be like,
1: oh. Like, we're in a tank of like, you came to see me at my place. I thought it's just appropriate. Right. I come here. Right. I, it's, my question is does it succeed executing tension in going down to this depth and going through this? And also, does it succeed on the theme of, I want to be alone. Oh, no, I'm alone. I don't want to be alone. But, like that. I think the, the execution of creating tension and fear, it does well. The playing off the whole theme of, I just want to be alone for a little bit. I think
0: it's a mixed result. I'll give you this and to chew on because I'm not sure if I'm right on this. It occurred to me while listening to this that this was subconscious suicide. Not stating it to himself, not even maybe aware of it fully, but doesn't feel like he's ever left alone. Uh, he's unhappy. Mm-hmm. And this was a way to be alone, but also to end it all.
1: Well, and to start unpacking some stuff, and I, I'm, I can't believe we've gone this far without letting Joshua talk, but I'm going to keep going. <laughs> it's, it's got a little Gives bit, me a chance to drink some more beer. <laughs> a little of the Thanatos Eros kind of psychology going on there of joining me down here in the underwater cave where it's nice and warm. You can be alone. But exactly what you said, that unconscious, I just want to be,
0: I want to be where it's quiet and cold and nothing. So, death. Um, yeah. And then the second guessing, the, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done this. Yeah. And
2: that, that is the creepy part of what I think. Are you th- saying the creepiest part is when he decides to stay there and is just left in those those last lines where he's saying, I will never be alo- alone? Joyce will always it's, be it's with that
1: me. Every time he hits that choice of, oh, I, my wife is walking away on the beach, I should say something he hits that crossroads over and over again and each time he's like no i'm doing it mm-hmm. and it takes you as the as those down to that depth and also every step of the way you
2: go stop it don't do it turn yep. it back mm-hmm. and i mean his punishment for seeking solitude under the sea is to stay under the sea but not have solitude he will stay forever yes with joyce um I appreciated the simplicity of it, the poetic justice. And it might have been because I had a totally different expectation of how this was going to go from the top of it. You know, starting with the line of like, "Uh, a man deserves to be alone. I don't remember the exact phrasing of it, but that's the first line. And later, even the sea woman, the golden girl, Estelle Getty dressed as a mermaid. (laughs) (laughs) That does nothing for you? Not at all? Okay. Gross. <laughs> gross. Still getty with fish. That's double gross. Yeah, and she's eating sushi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with her mermaid tail, it's disgusting. Um, oh. But my point is, where I thought this was going was a more typical suspense route, where it's a guy who can never be alone, and this... Wife is always nagging him, and I thought we were being set up for, I'm going to murder her and Ah. make it look like a diving accident Uh. and all this stuff. I mean, this is in the first six or seven minutes. It's only like a 23-minute script. Yeah, very This is from the era in which they have carved out a lot of commercial time. So when it turned into something that I felt was more punitive- I, I liked it more, and I was surprised by the hint of supernaturalness to it. But mm-hmm. I think ultimately what I take away is that she is some kind of subconscious wish fulfillment yeah. induced by this uh, narcosis. And, and, and she day. echoes his own lines. But at the same time, that would be what a supernatural <laughs> tempter sure. does they would get into your head and lure you with the
0: words you want to hear. The premise of setting me up to uh, side with, to sympathize with the main character is that he is being nagged and that his life is terrible. And I don't think it succeeded in that in the sense of I didn't find her to be a terrible person. Well, I
2: don't think you're supposed to think that. Yeah. I... thought i was in the first couple minutes and yeah. then quickly realized i wasn't for example when it first hit me was when his pal george shows up and then she immediately starts making fun of him yeah. right like oh it's king neptune here doesn't want any women in his kingdom anymore and they immediately team up and obviously we wouldn't feel this way from a contemporary point of view, but in this period, there's this outside male character who's completely agreeing with his mm-hmm. wife. So I feel from an authorial voice at that point, whether that's condescending yeah, or validated. infantilizing, right. he, he is validating her point of view. And so I felt, okay, the story is is trying to say that these are real concerns. And they were talking about, when we go skiing,
1: we're always together. When we do this, we're always together. Um, that it may be that part of that story is that being told is we're always together and I hate that, but also we have a really good life and we have lots of fun things. Yeah. Right. They don't
2: have jobs, obviously they're rich. Yeah. But there's no skiing narcosis or whatever it is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There is actually, there's a, Thing that can happen when you're skiing. still like a mountain mermaid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mountain mermaids. Uh, no, you can get vertigo if if it's snow blind, and it's happened to me where you think you're skiing down and uh, you're actually skiing up. You're not going. You're going uphill and you think you're going downhill, or vice versa. And once you touch the ground, if you you have to be in kind of whiteout conditions for this to happen. Once you touch the ground and realize where the downslope is and you're wrong, you immediately barf. And he, cause, wow. Because you just go, oh, that's, bro. and it, ha- it happened to me in Alieska wow. in Alaska, so, completely white out, and I had no idea which way is was up or down. Rapture of the slopes. Yeah. And then I fell off a cliff. <laughs> True story. <laughs> <laughs> Dislocated both my shoulders. <laughs>
1: that's one of those stories that when I would tell a story like that as a kid I would say like a sentence like that and then people
0: would say no you have to finish that story <laughs> okay so then there was this mermaid <laughs> yeah. I will finish the story if you want off the air it goes on and on how I got back down I should not have been up there I was warned not to go up we because can, of the uh, conditions did but your content on wife warn you not to go up and your pal George No, oh, yeah right no uh, ski patrols had actually left. Everybody was gone. I went up anyway. <laughs> Twenty-six inches in three hours. It was quite a blizzard.: As much as I want to hear more about your wily coyote skiing accident.
2: <laughs> then there was a fake
0: tunnel painted into the side of a wall.
2: I will veer this back to uh, yeah, the yeah. story. and the one thing that I found the most. I don't know, compelling about this was that strange story he tells about harpooning the sheep's head fish. Yeah. Where he felt this remorse. Right. Instantly. And it is, to Eric's point, the only time I felt a little empathy toward Mm -hmm, Don. mm -hmm. He describes the fish as harmless and friendly, and that's part of what made him feel so terrible about killing Mm -hmm. it. He also rather ominously describes it trying to escape after it's been harpooned and going down to a dark hole where all creatures try to go, which is ironically what's going to happen to him later. But I think it also seems to foreshadow his remorse over killing his wife, (laughs) which there's no reason to really, you know, obviously you have remorse. But again, she, like the fish, was harmless. She was there to, well, more than harmless, she was there to actually help him. Yeah, that tracks
1: with the idea of he was going down there to die in a sort of sympathy with this creature that he killed that he mm-hmm. kind of locked onto it and then tried to become a harmless thing that just observes and just floats inoffensively in the water mm-hmm. but couldn't shake the, the, the ultimate fate of I'm going to go down further and further and that I
2: feel dead already. I think the idea of the suicide by diving or even unconscious is a totally valid one. But I just, I have a hard time buying into that. Because he seems to come to his senses in that moment. He is given a choice at the end. He could keep going Mm -hmm. and die down there with this woman when he runs out of air. Or maybe not. Maybe she has some magical powers and he's going to live forever. I don't think so. but um, Or to stay and die with his wife who he wronged.
1: Odd that she does tell him, like, don't take your mask off. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. But that strikes me a little more evidence for this being some kind of subconscious wish fulfillment, that he is hallucinating, but deep down he knows if he takes his mask off, he's going to die. To me, that's evidence against it being a, a suicide wish. It, I mean, it could be both. That That is the wish of, I just want to be
1: with some nice lady that we can talk, and she understands what my feelings are about mm-hmm. wanting to be alone. Uh, and she's pretty and not part fish and just everything you want, woman. <laughs> not part fish. Um, but th- there's also this dark cave that is attached to that desire. That twice he has a chance to plunge into that darkness, and both times he, because of intervention or because he doesn't really want to take that final step, or I guess he does take the final step in the end. So I'm, um, I'm arguing myself in and out of agreeing with you or disagreeing with you, but. Uh, <laughs> Ultimately, he, he doesn't go with her when he mm-hmm. has the chance. He stays
2: outside of that cave, even though it ultimately takes him into a, a dark place. Well, where he has to confront his motivations for why, why he's doing this was to be away from his wife. And he didn't care enough about his wife to take her with him. He didn't care enough about his wife to wake up from whatever state he's in and not mm-hmm. kill her. And he is. The, the or to say, hey, could I have some time to myself?
0: <laughs> yes. <so just> <laughs> to I, know in,
1: I know in retrospect, so many, so many very scary stories can be solved with just a, hey. Yep.
2: Reasonable request here. <laughs> but at one point, he describes this golden girl as uh, all mankind's woman. In her eyes was the understanding of all men, and I loved her, which seemed like that really. Narcissistic male perspective of like I'm so complicated and yeah, my wife or significant other does, does not, not understand. understand me and there's this mythical dream person who understands all of my you don't have to say it because I see it, and I understand it. Yeah. yeah, and he comes face to face with what a foolhardy delusion that is <laughs> worth drowning for. <laughs> so yeah, it's creepy, Elena. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts? I will say I thought a lot of the descriptions of the underwater world
0: were pretty appealing. Yeah. It seemed I learned some magical. Wor- some words I didn't know before, some identification of like they'd be like perch, and I'm like, got it. Know what that yeah. is. Didn't know they were in the ocean. Well, I didn't either. That one I was like oh, that was right. But then they said some other animals and I'm like, never heard of that. So
2: But I looked up Sheep's head, because I was curious about that fish. Please
0: tell me it is half sheep, half fish. Yes. <laughs> a <laughs> a funny
2: sheep enough, mermaid. back half of the
0: sheep. <laughs> sheep made.
2: And the front half is the back half of a fish, so it's
0: really <laughs> mind-boggling. Now that I find attractive.
2: <laughs> no, but uh, it's, the sheep's head is sometimes called the convict fish because it has these uh, stripes on it like a prison jumpsuit which i thought was interesting given that he's going to uh, murder people but like also, the beagle
0: boys from <laughs> right, like the beagle boys they also carry on little sacks of money that have the dollar sign on them <laughs>
2: like but the beagle boys <laughs> unattached to anything that i think was intended sheep's head fish I don't know if you've seen these pictures online are the creepy fish that have these incredibly human-looking teeth. Oh. oh, oh. oh. oh it got him.
0: No. Oh. No. Have you seen pictures of it Eric? No, I just I'm imagining. Oh,
2: it doesn't do them justice. It's teeth yeah, I seen. From a human in a fish. Why
0: aren't they called human teeth fish? <laughs>
2: <laughs> don't look at my mouth
1: fish. That's not really <laughs> <Don't look>. pertinent to <laughs> that? <laughs>
0: don't make me smile <laughs> and i looked up perch and they have human ears it's no i'm kidding <laughs> we got a lot of perch in our neck of the woods i thought it was a fresh water too. it's got to be a different kind of perch sea perch well should we send it to a vote
2: yes
1: tim you're first all right Particularly, I guess I didn't spot this as a later suspense episode uh, in the initial listening to it, but particularly for later suspense, good job. Good job, late-era suspense. Like I say, the, this plot has a very straightforward path, uh, which on the journey made me go, like, I got it. I got it. He's going to go do the thing. Uh, but once he got into the water, the story really blossomed for me and, and became interesting all the down payment was made on the story paid off. And obviously uh, his motivations are interesting to think about because we had a, we talked about him just now. I don't know if you were there, but um, (laughs) it
0: was awesome. (laughs) I wasn't listening.
1: (laughs) So I would say Stance Test of Time. Uh, I'd be hard-pressed to
2: find a late episode, a later suspense that say classic, but Stance Test of Time, good job. See, my immediate response after listening to this was, wow, that was really good but i wouldn't call it a classic but like you're saying hours later i kept thinking about it and i kept thinking like oh there was something in there i didn't notice and making connections it kind of felt a little like a dream that keeps coming back to mm. you all day long in little portions um and i just kept thinking about it so i'm going to call it a classic particularly as you said in the era It was produced of suspense, which are usually these slim, very predictable reruns of better episodes of suspense. And here I think we have a deceptively simple story that uses its short running time to make it more interesting and give us a lot of things to walk away and think about. I really liked it.
0: It's hard for me when I hear Lloyd Bridges not to picture the guy from Airplane. It's so hard to not see that guy deep sea diving, that character he played. Um, It was good. I'm not trying to be flippant. I just don't know what else to say about it. I thought it was pretty straightforward. It wasn't overly interesting. I did not spend time later thinking about it. I thought more about it in this discussion. Like, oh, those are interesting. But it still didn't. Wasn't enough for me to go, oh, I missed all that. That's really good. I just, yeah, I get it. I, I, I don't think yeah, there's anything.
2: Stone on nitrogen killed his wife. Right. I, Moving on. I, I, that old chestnut.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, it was humdrum for me. Do we still use that word? I wonder what the etymology and humdrum is. We're going to look that up. No. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. Tim, tell him you, stuff.
1: Please go visit com, home of this podcast. Uh, you can visit there. You can listen to other episodes. You can comment. You can vote in polls. Uh, you can let the world know what you thought of this. Was it humdrum? Was it, <laughs> was it worse than a fish with human
0: teeth? Was it awesome? Those are the three categories we offer you. Okay. One of the votes from now on is. Fish with human teeth. (laughs) Classic stance test time, fish with human teeth. And it's Uh, a (laughs) t-shirt.
1: You can also uh, connect to our link. That's the modern term. Like, you can push the button that connects you to our Threadless store and buy swag, um, where we've promised many t-shirts that we have not yet created, but uh, we'll get to them.
2: We need Uh, a t-shirt intern. We do. Uh, And you can also link... Wait for it. To our Patreon page. Yes, go to patreon.com slash themorals and support this podcast. Now, if you are tired of hearing us say, go to Patreon, support this podcast, blah, blah, blah. We've got all sorts of great stuff. And you're like, I don't believe that you have great stuff. This is some (laughs) kind of scam. (laughs) Well, uh, in a couple weeks from now, we are going to be doing a... Patreon pledge drive, but unlike most pledge drives where they're boring and dry and you get less of what you like instead of more, you're going to get more of what you like. We have some very special episodes of this podcast. We are going to be releasing some episodes that are Patreon only for the general listeners to check out and see if we are just talking through our hats or if... That's Patre- another one. I wonder what that one means. <laughs> You talk through your hat with hum, human teeth,
0: humdrum.
2: <laughs> so yeah, uh, stay tuned. In a couple weeks, in October ish, depends on how this releasing goes. <laughs> <laughs> We're shooting for October. Uh, you you no longer have to take our word for it. You'll be able to hear some of the exciting things you get to listen to through Patreon. It's gonna be like a a telethon. Kind of. Only no children will be helped in any way. <laughs> <before>. <laughs>
0: If you'd like to see us perform live, the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society theater company does audio theater and recreations of classic old time radio and a lot of our own original audio theater work on stage. Come see us perform monthly. You can find out where we're performing each month and what we're performing by going to GhoulishDelights.com or MysteriousOldRadioListeningSociety.com. Um, and you will see, uh, how to get tickets to come see us or how to see us virtually where you can get an online ticket or you can buy an online ticket and watch it later. Cause we'll record it. But, uh, you can see us doing, uh, audio radio drama theater, uh, and see our faces doing things <laughs> <laughs> with human teeth, with human teeth. <laughs> What's coming up
1: next? Up next is my choice. I've selected an episode of The Adventures of the Abbots. I love that series. Entitled (laughs) The Clicking Silver. Until then.
5: out!
2: Humdrum. An adjective meaning dull, routine, lacking variety or excitement. Origin, mid-16th century. Likely a reduplication of hum. Talking through one's hat. An expression meaning, one, to say foolish things, to talk nonsense, two, to exaggerate one's achievements or knowledge, to bluff or boast. Origin, 19th century. The first meaning is believed to originate from the mumbling, incoherent speech of a drunk which likely sounded to a listener as if the inebriate were actually talking through a hat. This meaning is possibly connected to the 19th century Irish expression, in one's hat, signifying a state of extreme intoxication. The second and more contemporary meaning of to talk through one's hat can also be traced back to alcohol consumption. In this case, the empty boasting of a lush. Fish with human teeth, a 21st century slang term meaning...